This issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo at cryptidzoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t-shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand-screen printed on 100% cotton, pre-shrunk t-shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend, Julian Meyer. You gotta see it. You hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen. It's pretty crazy. It just comes to life. You gotta see it. So please check out cryptidzoo.com and also use the promotional code Sunspots Comics. That's right. And you'll get 30% off your purchase. Most of the Cryptid Zoo shirts are about 27 bucks. So it's a great deal. And that's with tax and shipping included before the discount. So don't forget, use Sunspots Comics as your promo code on cryptidzoo.com and you'll get a big discount and that is c-r-y-p-t-i-d-zoo.com that's right everybody you're listening to klat radio and that is the royal bloods monster coming right at you klat radio I've always wanted to be a disc jockey. Let's face it. I'm sure most people have that do a podcast. Well, hello. <laughs> hello, ha, everybody. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 137, covering the brand spanking new comic books that I read that just came out this last Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, December 13th. This particular podcast loves to hit him with the hind. I am your comic book loving host, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I truly hope that you and your loved ones are happy and healthy. Especially be safe and sane out there shopping for Christmas. It's a madhouse. That's why Amazon's doing what it's doing. So right here in the Sunspots Comic Podcast, what is it? What's the gist? What is this thing? Well, utilizing an obscene amount of years of comic book reading experience and presented in my own positively charged way, it's all about the positivity, I recommend, mostly, lightly review and mostly discuss my favorite picks of the best new comic books that just came out just this last week. So brand new stuff. It's all about the new comics. Why, you ask? Because I endure them entirely. Never miss a issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Just subscribe to it. Follow us along on the social media at the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook Xbox Live, and YouTube. All in one conveniently found place, at Sunspots Comics. That's right. It's just one name. Simple. Spread the word. Tell a nerdy loved one that you know about our podcast and tell them to listen. Just tell them to do it. Don't give them an option. <laughs> and a couple of quick thank yous, of course. First, to Nick Papa George for making our super duper great Sunspots Comics theme song that you hear on every podcast at the very beginning. Please check out his band, Solution. He is a lead singer and guitarist. Go to solutionmusic.net for links to their music and upcoming show dates. They're on the iTunes and everywhere. If you love reggae and rock, ska, just, just overall feel-good music in general, you're going to love Solution. Please check them out and give them my stamp of approval. Check them out at facebook.com slash solutionreggae. 
Also, thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori, for his work on our new Sunspots comic spin-off podcast called Sunspot Scene. Yes, episode 11 is the latest one. It's available now. It's their review of the Stranger Seasons Season 2 on Netflix. It's really good. Check it out. I have personally watched the movies that he has recommended most of. And let me tell you, Jables knows what he's talking about. It's my son, Jables, his two friends, Moises and Matt. Hello, fellas as they like to call themselves, the Kung Pao 3 Delight, which I love that name. They talk about movies and TV shows of all genres, not just uh, genres, not just comic books, just everything. Uh, Plus, they usually play just a goofy, hilarious game at the very end of every podcast, so tune in. And they always throw in some Easter eggs, which I do too. Always wait till the very end after the Sunspots Comics theme song for Easter. I feel like I'm disclosing, I don't know why I'm talking like this, but anyway... Easter eggs. They're there on their podcast, and they're here on this podcast. So always wait to the very end. Wait till the song is over. <laughs> but please check out the Sunspots Scene podcast. Their Instagram at Sunspots Scene. So now let's get into it. Let's jump right in. Let's dive. Let's dip the toes into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number one thirty-seven. Starting out with some stuff. That's uh, been floating around up in my nerd brain. And the very first nugget of nerd lodged deeply into my nerd lobes is some comic book, movie, and TV news. And I actually have three items on the docket today. The first thing is my spoiler-ish free review of Star Wars The Last Jedi. I do, uh, I'm going to give you a little light spoiler warning here just in case I don't really talk about every single point. I really just talk about my feelings about it. And again, trying to just hype you up, get you excited and talk you into something. I don't really spend any time on this podcast about uh, things I don't like. So I'm just going to do my best to not really spoil everything and tell you my review of Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. But just in case you have been warned, spoiler light warning. So first off, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and I tell you, stunning visually. IMAX 3D treatment was just on par with some of the best IMAX movies in 3D that I have seen. There were just some great eye-popping moments. Really, it's that depth of frame to where the IMAX 3D does it like no other form of 3D. I'm sorry, it's the best of the best as far as 3D goes, in my opinion, and I've seen all different versions. And 3D in IMAX is something a little more unique. You actually are getting a larger frame, a larger perspective. They say it's something like uh, 18% more uh, actual content because of what you're seeing in the the width of IMAX and the, and the height. But visually stunning. The cinematography on it was top notch. It's, it's something stunning to look at. It's beautifully done. The CG in space seems to just get better and better with every Star Wars movie. This was just top-notch here for me. There wasn't any time that the CG really took me out of anything. I mean, maybe there was one slight scene in this casino scene, uh, just because it was just 100% CG'd, and it was just you could just kind of tell. Maybe that's the only scene, but it was a minor knock at best, because you were still just immersed in this crazy world, this galactic fight, and I tell you, it was wonderful. Emotionally, this movie had some... Some moments here where you get a little misty-eyed for me. That's all I'll tell you. I don't want to tell you which moments, but uh, there was definitely more than one. So I was definitely affected. Uh, Jables was there with me. He was, and so was my wife Patsy. Definitely some uh, some weepy moments in this. But they didn't dwell too much in that. It wasn't just like this sappy, sad movie. Don't get that impression from what I'm saying at all. 
This definitely, as Episode 7 had an homage to Episode 4, The New Hope, uh, this had definitely an Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back feeling an homage to me. But they also made some heavy-duty left turns and some twists that I really w was not expecting. And I loved that. Because you gotta do that. Come on, we've seen a lot of Star Wars movies. Uh, the only little slight knock I maybe have is some of the long-form humor didn't work for me. The shorter funny bits did? For example, there is a scene... This is really the only time I'll discuss a scene. So here, don't worry. There's a scene where Luke... Where Luke's reaction to R2-D2 trying to convince Luke to leave Old Man Island, <laughs> as I call it, uh, was hilarious. He... R2-D2 showed him this old hologram of Leia and Luke's reaction to it was a short bit, but it works. It's just those little tiny bits of humor nailed for me right on the top of the nail head. It, but the long form humor that just sort of went a little long, dragged out, didn't quite work for me and were a little cringy at moments. But thankfully, there were like only three of them that I can recall. So maybe uh, that is the only real knock I have. Uh, from maybe giving it a, just a 5 out of 5 stars. It's definitely a purchase for me. I definitely uh, recommend this film. Oh, and all we know here, of course, uh, is they're going to make 75 more Star Wars movies. But this had kind of a almost a hard end feeling to it. And I like that. Because we know it's going to they're going to continue making Star Wars movies until the stars fall from the sky. But this did have a sort of three-act structure and a strong sort of almost very hard ending setting up for Episode 9 very nicely. Um, like, for instance, Rogue One, uh, what I like about uh, this is that, uh, like Rogue One, this had actual Star Wars in it. There were, <laughs> It uh, seems sometimes we lack that. But there were just these epic space battles here going on from the very opening sequence. And I like that it feels like a Star War. It, it's It's of a grand scale, and I really enjoyed that. I loved it. But I'll definitely be seeing it again. It's an absolute buy for me. I felt in many ways it was better than Episode 7, which I still loved Episode 7. Uh, maybe it was a, it edged it just because it was a lot less set up. We're just up and running, which I really like. But definitely 4.5 4 out of 5 sunspots here. Go see this now. It's a rewatch for me. We're all going to get together very soon. I'm going to take my dad. I'm going to take my wife again. We're going to take Justin again. We're going to definitely see it probably, I would think, two or three times before it's out of the theater. And then it's a buy. Absolute purchase and whatever. By the time it comes out, the HD, 4K, Purple Ray, etc. Whatever it is, the highest of the highest resolution I have to get. So it is a buy. Absolutely. Go see Star Wars The Last Jedi. It's a ton of fun. It's it's longer than all the Star Wars movies, but worth it. There's only maybe some of those long-formed humor moments, I think, could have just been edited a little better and a little shorter. But fantastic piece of cinema that uh, will stand the test of time. And rewatching it, I can't wait to see how I feel, how I react to things, uh, if my, my rating changes when I see it again. So I'll discuss it in the near future after a second viewing Maybe even get Jables on here with me to kind of talk about it. But Star Wars The Last Jedi, it just made this Christmas a little extra special, in my opinion. Go see it now. And, oh, and another piece of uh, comic book movie and TV news, by the way, uh, is the number two article I have is the big news, of course. I just want to briefly discuss the big news that Disney, the mouse, bought the fox. Yes. Disney Films uh, bought 20th, 21st Century Fox for 66 gajillion gigawatt dollars. It just seems like funny money when you talk about that much money. 
the biggest part of the purchase that seems to be sort of creating the most buzz and the most articles are written upon is the superhero licensing. What's going to happen? What are they going to get? What is Disney acquiring by getting Fox, 21st Century Fox? Well, we know about the big ones already. That's mostly discussed. Uh, the X-Men. So Disney will be acquiring that. Fantastic Four, Wolverine, and Deadpool. But maybe a few you haven't heard of that they're also going to be acquiring, so I thought I'd list them out here for you. Some other Marvel characters, like they're going to be getting Cable, Doctor Doom, Galactus, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, which I, you know, we've already seen in the Avengers movie, but they were borrowed, apparently, and could only be used in certain ways, and they're all kind of, no, 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 can't do this, can't do that. Now they'll have a little more freedom to actually use uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the, in the way, any way they see possible. And Silver Surfer. Uh, Professor X and Magneto. We already know we've got the X-Men franchise, but those were sort of slated to have their own movies. Movies, from what I read. So Disney will acquire those two franchise properties as well. And basically the rest of this obscure list of X-Men. Um, so what does that mean? What does that mean for us comic book fans? Well, I've really thought long and hard about this, and ultimately it's going to just give Disney more freedom to just cross over and use these beloved characters in ways that we can and can't even imagine yet. So that's what it ultimately is going to happen. I say bring it on. I know there is other ramifications to one big giant movie conglomerate buying another big giant com movie conglomerate, but I don't know, as a consumer, how will that really affect us? We'll see how that plays out, but ultimately... As far as the comic book franchising goes and licensing, it's an exciting time to be alive. Disney has more toys to play with in the sandbox here, so bring it on and do it right, Disney. You got all the gajillions of dollars, so just do it right as you've been doing with the Marvel movies so far. Keep it up, mix it up, change it up, play with the format, quit taking yourself so seriously. Yeah, I'm talking to Disney. I don't know why. <laughs> like, they're listening. But anyway... Uh, wonderful time to be alive. I am excited about that big news that Disney bought 21st Century Fox. 66 gajillion bazillion dollars. Second and final item in the comic book and movie TV news is that the John Wick director and stuntman Chad Stahelski is going to be directing the image comic book movie Kill or Be Killed. And Chad himself is bringing his stunt crew and his uh, family of other John Wick crew with him from what I've read, which is fantastic. I uh, love those John Wick movies. I have been also been loving Killer Be Killed. It's been a top comic book pick a few times. And by the way, the team on the Killer Be Killed comic from Image is uh, art by Sean Phillips and written by Ed Brubaker, who's, who's known for doing just a bunch of fantastic crime noir comics like Fade Out, Criminal... Uh, and Fatale, Fatel. Um, he's an Eisner, multi-Eisner award winner, and is written for just about all the comic book publishers that there are, Marvel, DC, etc., etc. They really picked correctly. John Wick, uh, the team, the movie, everything that is done in that franchise is so properly executed in its action and its unique visual look. I'm sure that Chad's gonna bring his John Wick gang, and they're just gonna have their own visual, unique take. But at the same time, it's what I've read, they're going to be true to the source material because they're fans of the comic book Killer Be Killed. So, exciting stuff. I I like, love the John Wick franchise, and I'm really digging Killer Be Killed, which is this series of this guy that's basically like a Punisher, uh, murdering uh, this, these evil sort of Russian sex trafficking people. And uh, he his motivation is a demon that he sees or doesn't see that is telling him he will be killed if he does not kill evildoers. But I love it. Exciting stuff. Killer Be Killed. Going to be done by a proper team here. That is uh, Chad Stahelski from the John Wick 
He's the John Wick director and lead stuntman and all kinds of... He wears a ton of hats because he's just inside the stuntman world, really. And he's bringing his whole John Wick family over. So great stuff. Can't wait. It's probably going to be like 2021 or something. I hope faster. And I hope it's done on sort of a low-budget scale, but yet they're, all of their sort of their, their stunts, and the stunts and their action scenes are all very sort of, uh, you know, original action not a lot of cgi it's you know it's practical effects and i love that and i hope they keep that going there with killer be killed when they do it and that actually closes the comic book movie and tv news and the last thing that's on my nerd brain is i'm actually creating my very own comic book called zombie destroyers and it's a just a, a love passion project for me i've i've just dreamed of making a comic book since the day i was born yes a newborn I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering. My friend Jordan Hudson is doing his gorgeous art. Please check out his Instagram. I want to give him a plug at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. Thank you very much, Jordan. He's working on the last three pages, by the way. This is a little Zombie Destroyers update for you. The last three pages of issue number one of Zombie Destroyers are almost done. We're hopefully getting ready to kind of do the... I'm doing all the everything else, so hopefully it'll be ready to sell by summer of 2018. And if you want to see what my comic book looks like, to see some sample pages, just go to my website, sunspotscomics.com, and click on Zombie Destroyers. Listed there now is the cover page for issue number one and pages one through four, and also this little bonus picture of Jordan's dad, the artist on my comic book, Zombie Destroyers. His dad cosplays as a character I created in the Zombie Destroyers uh, comic book called Bruce. He wore this cosplay outfit at the Rose City Comic Con, and it is just wonderful. It's just so accurate uh, compared to the character I created out of my brain. And Jordan's dad's wearing it so uh, so well, cosplaying it. So check it out. Again, go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on Zombie Destroyers. And right now, two quick uh, up-and-coming mentions. There's a couple of things coming up I wanted to mention. to just put it up inside of your brain. Our annual Best of 2017 show is coming very soon, and the Sunspots Comics Spotty Awards will be given out. Yes, the Spotties. I do this at the end of every year. I give you this just well-put-together recap of all of my best top picks of 2017. Uh, the tabulation has begun. I'm just giving you a heads up that uh, more will be coming very soon on the Best of 2017 show. It's coming up. Hopefully, I'll get uh, my son Jables there to co-host with me as that will be coming up very soon. I usually do it right at the end of the year or just the beginning of the year uh, to just kind of highlight and recap all of my best stuff from movies, video games, TV shows, all just comic books. And that's at the heart where this podcast is, of course, and that's what you're going to get. There's a nice little annual show coming up soon. And the second thing is a segment of our show called Spotlighting that just due to the holidays and crazy scheduling, I won't be able to get anyone on this from now to the end of the year, but I've I thank you folks for hanging out there and waiting to be uh, interviewed and talk with me here and have a nice little nerdy chit chat on a future podcast. So I just wanted to mention our segment called Spotlighting. There are some great interviews coming. Go to our, our feed. You'll see some great interviews I've done with some comic book creators in the past. But if you're in comics, you're trying to get into comics, whatever, you're doing it, you're trying to do it and get into the world of comics. We want to help you and spread the word of your work here so our listeners can find it. And we call it Spotlighting, where we interview and have a nice little sit-down nerdy chit-chat. So there are more coming very soon. If you yourself are would love to have a sit-down with me on a future podcast, just send me some of your comic book work so I can look at it. And uh, to my email at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or, of course, just message me on all social media at sunspotscomics. So now, on to my favorite 
part the juiciest, tastiest little pieces, big pieces of the podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books of the new comics that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, December 13th. And of course, semi-spoiler-ish alert, light, (laughs) really don't worry. I just want to inspire you. I just want you to get out of your seat and go buy these comics. I don't want to spoil them. I never discuss the last couple pages. I just leave it alone. I'll just say things like, huge cliffhanger. And I'll just really cover a couple of the interesting points of a comic. So it's just light and easy and breezy. It doesn't spoil the whole darn thing. So you can go and buy these right away. But just in case, super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. Also, to see everything recapped, everything I've been talking about for the last two plus years when I started the podcast... Just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on pull list if you want to see every title that I'm reading. Uh, Click on top comic books of the week to see all of my past top picks. It's all there. Every single week I update, simplify, compact my website. I'm super proud of it. Please check it out. Sunspotscomics.com. So here we go now. Let's talk about the art winners. I love to every single week pick an artist winner and a cover artist winner. This week it was one and the same dude, Tyler Crook. He had some beautiful art for Harrow County issue number 28 from Dark Horse. Follow him on everything, social media-wise, Mr. Tyler Crook. It's spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R, Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, Crook, C-R-O-O-K. Check his stuff out. He is interesting. Also, if you follow him on social media, he's just an interesting person to follow. I love all the goofy stuff he's into. It just uh, it hits all the right points for me. Tyler Crook has been a artist winner and cover artist winner on this podcast many times. He's a multiple Eisner winner, etc. It's just the, the accolades is just is crazy. But he wins ultimately in best art and best cover art for ultimately scaring the crap out of me with the art in this particular issue. Let's start with the cover of Harrow County issue number 28. I've said it a bunch of times. It is this amazing, just watercoloring style that feels just so Rockwellian. I say that every time I discuss Harrow County. Americana feel to it, but ultimately it's gorgeous. It's just, by the way, I've seen on his social media, it's not digital watercoloring. It is real (laughs) pens, ink, watercolors that he does. You can see on his uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything, his actual watercoloring process, his style. It's beautiful it's amazing how he just sort of lets it bleed down the page it's just he's got a wonderful process and recently on twitter he did one of those time lapse videos of his watercoloring process it's gorgeous again check him out at mr tyler crook but uh his it's gorgeous it's just cuckoo go nuts it's the cover has this this she's standing there behind this tree in this gorgeous sort of dark scary forest behind her <laughs> uh, and it's somewhere you just do not want to go and there is uh the character uh cammy who's just standing there with just blood on her on her mouth from the nose down and this smile of just pure evil and just the eyes of madness and it's just haunting and there's blood all over her outfit uh but it's this, this you can see the eyes of course in the background of like these the hints these kind of goblins that uh, are more mischievous than necessarily good or evil but they always sort of choose upon whatever is most dastardly but it is a horrifyingly scary cover uh, that I love my only little minus is that there has to be like they stick sometimes like someone's review from people in the biz like in this print right by your head Um, 
come on guys let's uh you know put that somewhere else these are beautiful pieces of art and uh, you just got a, like a small paragraph near your head but if you can just kind of ignore that it's one of the most amazing stunning covers i've ever seen and that's what you're getting throughout here in art page number one the credits page has this gorgeous broken fence near the ocean with barnacles and everything on it it's like a a piece of a shipwreck that has in barnacles and seaweed harrow county when you deeply look into the frame because it's sort of naturally existing there the word harrow county and and and, and seaweed and barnacle and broken wood it's wonderful like the belly of this ship that you're looking through that is the frame of the credits page to where cammy is on a beach where she has just murdered someone not cammy sorry witch hester but you need to see this it is gorgeous it is stunning it's easily the artist winner and cover winner has been many times Go and check it out. Harrow County, issue number 28. Just to, for the art aspect alone, put your eyeballs on it. They'll be happy. <laughs> and the breakdown. This week, I actually read 18 comic books, and four of them <laughs> made it to the Great Ones recommendation list, which is just okay. Uh, there were a lot of really goods, but I only talk about the greats here. you got to make it great to be discussed here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. So four of them are great. There'll be a list of four. New number ones. Uh, there were only two new number ones this week, and one of them made it to the top pick list. And it's a fantastic one, which I'll discuss in a minute. you got to wait just a smidge. So let's get into my top comic book uh, comic book re recommendations that are this week's greatest of the great ones pick. This was easily the winners here of New Comic Book Day, December 13th. I really do consider these the best and the great ones that are worthy of discussion and worthy of your time and moolah. So here we go now, breaking down into the list. Coming in at number four is from Valiant Comics. It is Bloodshot Salvation, issue number four. This is written by Jeff Lemire, art by Miko Suyan, and lovely, lovely color art by Diego Rodriguez. One of the best in the biz. I love his stuff. So very realistic. That is the art style here. Super realistic, very gritty, very sort of almost photo reference -y, but not quite. You can tell there's been some loving loving art lines used here. But to give you a quick gist of Bloodshot Salvation, this is Jeff Lemire writing some of his best stuff right here. Bloodshot is this character that is in this mercenary, this super soldier enhanced with nanites. He's kind of in a way uh, Valiant's Captain America, in a way, if you will. A man out of time, a man that uh, has issues with his memory. He has been used as a just a tool for this evil government conglomerate and he's now escaped of it he's just trying to have his own life but they continually just bring him back in and this is a wonderful wonderful building of a new bad guy this is like where you want to jump on right here in issue number four the first arc was great just kind of telling you where his life is jeff lemire does it the last three issues in this sort of flashbacky to present flashbacky to present part but i think you can jump on right here because it's really building this new bad guy named omen i want to say is his name could be wrong on that but also this has a homage, a very a much of a feeling for me, like of Mice and Men, that story. Because you, you, know, you got to tend him rabbits, George. It reminds me of that. It's this sweet, simple, big brother. And the older brother is uh, the smaller kind of runt. And they're very abusive, alcoholic father. And it just breaks your heart in here. It's this brutal tale of abuse, ultimately. But through the hope of it, through the, the heart of it, it's that brothers, the bond between brothers cannot be broken. That is what the story, uh, the moral of this tale here that you're getting. Because the brothers stick together and there's this giant flash, 
back and this huge flash forward, like a 50 year flashback into what seems like the, you know, the 40s, 50s into modern day where they're now old men. But I love how they, how they persevere is all I'll tell you through this seriously alcoholic and abusive father, how the two brothers stick together through thick and thin and what they do to protect each other and they have each other's back. And that's what it's all about. It's about brothers here in, in Bloodshot. So check it out. It's a great jumping on point from Valiant Bloodshot Salvation issue number four. Get it. It's our number four pick of the week. It's wonderful. And it'll make you miss your brother and pick up the phone and call your brother and just, or send a text to your brother and go, Hey bro, I'm thinking of you. I got your back, bro. That's what <laughs> this did for me. But uh, grab it. It's great. But now how are we going? Uh, we're, we're already in the top three. So here we go. This uh, short week, a uh, short list of comics. So co the top three right now. Here we go. Coming in at number three is Aliens Dead Orbit. Issue number four. Another issue number four. Written and drawn by James Stokoe. Man, is this bonkers good art, by the way. I love his rendition of how he draws the Aliens world. It is wonderful. This is our my action-packed winner of the week. This is non-stop. There's very little dialogue in this. You have this uh, mono-e-mono moment of man versus alien. And uh, Dead Orbit is a great uh, name for it because that's literally what has happened. There's a space station that's infected by aliens and is literally in dead orbit on this planet. And uh, let me tell you, these uh, there's this great fight scene in space where they're, you know, the aliens fighting a man and the acid's flying and it's affecting the spaceship and his suit that he's wearing out in space. There's very little dialogue and it just really does a great job of building the tension slowly from the be very beginning to the end. Sometimes lack of dialogue just doesn't work. You're just sort of lost. You're not understanding what's happening. Uh, this doesn't do that. You, you're very much in tune with what's happening. The emotes on all the faces are fantastic. It's because of Stoko's awesome art. I mean... The opening sequence has a smidge of dialogue to kind of tell you where they left off in a way. But after that, it is just staying alive as the ship is falling apart and these aliens are infested all throughout. And uh, it's a wonderful licensed property here that, that the Dark Horse is doing here. Great, great team selection. My only little knock is James Stokoe takes a long time. His art is very intricate, a lot of small details. So there's been some time breaks here, but you can grab these because it's very dialogue light and quickly bust through all of them. And it's just an action packed fun ride with the, in the world of aliens, those acid loving aliens we love so much, but this is just nonstop. It just does not stop. The tension builds, the tension build has a great cliffhanger at the ending. Like, uh, where is this going? Like, I, I, that's my only, I want it right now, but, uh, we're not going to get it right now. Chances are we do have to wait a couple months for five, but get all of these. They're quick and easy reads. Aliens Dead Orbit. It's wonderful. It's just action packed. And it, his style is not, uh, the opposite of Bloodshot Salvation that I discussed. It's discussed. It's more cartoony. It has an anime feel to it for some reason, for some of the characters, I work, etc. But some interesting frames. It's very dark comic. And like I said, very little dialogue. Action-packed from the beginning to the end. Get it. Aliens Dead Orbit, issue number four. It's wonderful. You can almost just like read it by itself. You almost don't need any of the other three, but you do. But in case you're just like, hey, I just don't have time. I have so many comics to read. Just get four. You'll be safe. It's action-packed and fun. Super good. Coming in at number two is the only number one that made it of the two number ones I read this week. Into the Countdown, 
Number two is Monstro Mechanica, issue number one. This is from Aftershock Comics. This is written by Paul Aller. I was just looking him up recently as to some of the stuff that he wrote. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ton, ton of stuff is there. And art by Chris Evenhuis. Evenhuis? I am very, I'm very sorry if I mispronounced that. But... This is absolutely wonderful. This is added to my pull list. Monstro Mechanica. Get it immediately. It's number one. You can jump right in. It's a great time. It's a great world we're living in. You want to jump in here. But it's Florence, 1472. It starts off in this op opening sequence with uh, Leonardo da Vinci in this morgue sort of examining the human heart. And boy, it sets this sort of eerie, ominous tone that is carried throughout. But... He's a super genius, sometimes artist, <laughs> but I, I love, and the gist of it, and I could tell you, is that um, there's there's sort of this faction of the, of, of, of maybe the um, the Catholic Church, to dealing with the Pope, etc., that uh, want to capture uh, Leonardo da Vinci and maybe have him make weapons of uh, destruction for the war cause, the holy war, the, 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 whatever it is, the war they have going on at that time, but... Leonardo da Vinci has created some very unique tech here. There's a great character that he develops uh, that is interesting. It's kind of, a, without spoiling all of it, it's kind of steampunky, maybe a little on the robotic Pinocchio side with, with wood, etc. Of this kind of AI sort of machine robot that he's created in this, in the, in this year and age. So I love when they take history, take a, a, this you know modern super famous artist and creator and twist it. I love when, when comics do that. But Leonardo da Vinci in here, he's, he's super intelligent, he's brash, he's arrogant, he's overly confident. He has this uh, this sidekick, this apprentice, this woman that he is just treating horribly, Isabel. And you wonder why she doesn't just leave. But she knows she's within uh, you know, the bosom of this absolute uh, genius. And so she's hanging in there even though she's treated horribly. But this really plays upon Leonardo da Vinci being this amazing engineer and... Uh, right, like I said, opening sequence, he's kidnapped and this faction is, is wanting him to build weapons. Great, beautiful sequence, so the robot kind of saves the day there. That's all I'm going to tell you. And Isabel is there as well. Um, I love in, in the way that Isabel is, is, is created here in that she's quite often mistaken for a boy just because she wears pants. So there's that little bit of, you know, old-timey sort of reference to how women were treated at that time. And I like that because everyone just keeps calling her boy. Um, the art style, by the way, from... Chris Evan Huys is very clean. Uh, this cartoony style, but super, super fine lining. I love it. And the coloring is great. It's got this moody sort of gray and blue and purple kind of hue overall. And I love that tone and look and feel. It's it's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, it's just, you got to check it out. I love when they, they also mix in random Italian words in the dialogue. And uh, that just keeps the whole comic in this weird heavy italian accent which i love it's you know like mario's reading it to me or something but anyway <laughs> it's fantastic monstro mechanica aftershock comics get it immediately it's a, it's new number one just came out uh grab it if you can get it i know it's selling out everywhere but it's great stuff monstro mechanica check it out but the number one the one that beat them all the top of the mountain the cream of the crop the <laughs> numero uno the one that beat them all our our artist winner, our cover artist winner, our number one pick of the week. It's been a top pick a ton this year. My favorite horror comic of all time, Harrow County, issue number 28. Yes. This is actually a quite disturbing but yet fantastic comic at the same time. 
The opening sequence here of Witch Hester betraying her sister Amaryllis is disgusting. It's grotesque. It's it's gory. It's bloody. It's over the top. It's set in this beautiful setting of uh, just this beach like I was telling you about. Page one being this crazy framework of the belly of a ship that they're looking through covered in barnacles, even with like the cannon covered in, in, you know, a bunch of just barnacles and algae and seaweed. It's beautiful. The coloring brings it to life. Again, watercoloring style from Tyler Crook and written by Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn, fantastically written. Favorite comic of everything that he's doing. He's doing a ton of things, but this is the best of the best, in my opinion. And I know it's being optioned for everything. We're going to see more of this very soon. But uh, the opening sequence really sets the tone. This is this is the <laughs> finally the Emmy and Kimmy fight. They duke it out here. And uh, even Emmy's best friend, Emmy's the good gal in this. In this. Uh, her BFF is caught in the middle. And you love her, her BFF, Beatrice, if I'm remembering her name correctly. But she's caught in the middle of this fight. And this is a just... Drop down, drag out, no holds barred, witch duel. And they're using spells. They're using, at one point, there is this swarm of dragonflies that come in. I mean, it's monster mayhem. It's witches fighting at, at in a furious pitch. They do not like each other. These two sort of sisters are very much yin and yang, born from uh, the blood of this falling onto the root of this tree. And they were pulled out of this town. To give you a little a light, a slight gist, if you have no idea about Harrow County, a long time ago, this town hung this witch named Hester. She died, and her, the blood sort of soaked into this tree or something or a strange witch-like uh, curse. And two young children were born of this tree. One went to live in the city, continued on her evilness, and built this empire. And the other one just stayed in this Harrow County and fought off these haints that live in this town, like these evil spells and evil goblins and monsters and demons. And, uh, and even in this town, some people are human or half human and half sort of mud haints that are made into sort of these half shell humans or full on mud people that you don't see them as mud, but they're just shells. They're just an echo of humans that live in this town. It's just sort of all centered around Emmy and, uh, that's, uh, that's the Harrow County. It's just a wonderful thing. It's, it's also another action packed comic. Cause it's just this, this fight with witch spells aplenty. Uh, this is all very personal, and only one one is walking away from this fight. So this is the one we've been waiting for, folks. Emmy and Kimmy finally uh, fisticuffing it out here, witch style. So it is action-packed, it's fun, it's gorgeously drawn. Will people be caught in the crossfire, the witch's crossfire? Maybe. you got to see this. The town is, uh, they can't avoid this. This is involving everyone. It's all in the middle of, of, a, of a crowd, and... And that's just the background sort of impending storm and dark clouds done in watercoloring is stunning. Uh, this is five out of five. I buy these every single time. I, I'll buy it in collection. I'll buy it in omnibuy, omnibus, whatever. Get Harrow County. It is so good. Not overly spooky like level 10 gory and, and disturbing in that re respect. It's definitely some action, some great character development you care about emmy here and the people in this town he's done a great job of pacing it properly to not get too boring or not move too fast where it's all a blur it's just great storytelling wonderful wonderful stuff i hope to i just dream of seeing a movie of harrow county one day and that it's done in very much with the 
you know, the absolute respect to this source material because it's wonderful storytelling. So get it. Number one, there it is. Harrow County, multiple winner right there. Number one pick of the week. It's wonderful, wonderful stuff. So there you go. That's the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 137. Let me lock the vault door with my giant key. There it is. There you go. (laughs) Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for new comic book day, December 13th. Please go to a local comic book shop, wherever they are near you. Find them and buy all of these comic books immediately. You will be doing your your nerd heart a great service by doing so. And just tell them Chris at Sunspots Comics sent you. They won't know what that means, but just tell them. Inform them. If you have any questions, comments, or you'd like your own personal comic book recommendation, email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. Maybe there's something I need to be reading. Tell me what it is, and I will check it out. Please check out our blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Sign up for our newsletter at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And tune in next week for issue number 138 of the Sunspots Comics podcast. I will be reading a super short, I guess because of Christmas, list of 10 comics that are coming out on December 20th with only two new number ones that I want to get, that I want to grab. And uh, so I can tell you about them, hopefully, if they're really, really good. And here's a sneak peek of just some of the new comic books that are coming out next week for review for Podcast 138. So here it is. Big week for Aftershock. There is Backways, issue number one, brand new from Aftershock. Can't wait to read that. Uh, Batman 37. I've been loving Batman. It's so great. Super Friends Part 2 is Batman 37. Gotta read that. It was fantastic. Dark Arc, issue number four from Aftershock Comics. Superman issue number 37. That's been fantastic as well. This four-part crossover between Superman and the Super Sons is going to be starting in issue number 37 of Superman, so i got to definitely read that. And Unholy Grail, issue number 5 from Aftershock Comics as well. Been loving it. King Arthur, Guinevere, the whole, you know, wizard, uh, it's just great that they've made Merlin this just you know, devious demon. But I love Unholy Grail from Aftershock. It's fantastic. Issue number 5. So there you go. That's just a glimpse, a peek into some of the comics I could be discussing um, next week on Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 138. It's going to be a small but mighty stack of new comic books, so please check us out, subscribe, listen, tell a nerdy loved one to check us out here at Sunspots Comics. If you missed any of the links, I will actually put them in the show notes. Don't worry about that. But thank you, muchas gracias, for listening. I really hope that I inspired you to buy some of these great new comic books and that I made your commute or whatever a little smiley, a little positiveness, a little good feeling vibes. I'm passing it on to you. And if you want to give a little bit back to help us here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast, just go to iTunes, give us some friendly words, not just uh, five stars, but some some loving words, if you will, and hit us with a five-star review at the same time. I will read that review on a future podcast and shout you out and personally thank you by mailing you a comic book-related prize. I've got some good stuff ready to go, so put your reviews in on iTunes ASAP. Until next week, spend some time with the ones you love. Be careful out there in all that crazy Christmas shopping. And go read some comics. Yes, you. Go read some. Your, your life isn't fulfilled till you're reading more comic books. Do it. <laughs> but stay nerdy. And of course, be water, my friends. Talk to you next week. Uh, bye-bye.
same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics Town Maybe I should try the podcast way back here Should I record standing up at the back of the room? How does it sound? How, how about from here? I'm at the furthest point of the office. I can't walk any further. Okay, I'm out. I'm out of the office. I'm literally out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.